Seeing and hearing is one thing. We'll, put, we'll place that over here. Way over here from it is watching and listening. I can see you and you can see me. And I can hear you and you can hear me. But me watching your life and listening to what matters to you is far different from just seeing you and hearing you. There's a lot of that that goes on. I think, we, I think in our culture, we're becoming slowly and gradually and badly conditioned to surface relationships. And I think those surface relationships not only move from us, to, from family to acquaintances, to friends, to work partners, to I think sadly they move from us to God. And from church to church, and from one person in the church to the other person in the church. This side over here has deeper relationships with more of you over here. This side over here, all you guys are shallow. Nobody would sit with you. Um, but that happens. It hap- it, we, we don't intend for it to. We don't go looking for that to happen. But somehow we've, we, we want to so insulate ourselves, condition ourselves from hurt, we just go so far with people when we draw a line. Say, no more. That's it. Can't move beyond this. And I think in trying to explain and look at our world and trying to figure out why it didn't make any sense, I think it's probably, possibly, in, in fact, probably because we're blind and deaf. But we can see, we can hear, we're not watching. We're not listening. Consequently, there are those around us that are hurting, need the Christ in us, need to see that in, 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 through us into, into their lives. But... Uh, that isn't happening at a deeper level, at the level that it should. We're going to look at two texts today. One first from Second Corinthians chapter 4. You want to turn there. See the consequences of blindness and deafness, both on, on us and as it relates to our culture as well. And see, the, see how the fact that uh, last week we looked at this idea of brokenness and why the world isn't making sense because we were living in a broken world with broken people, in a broken culture, trying to follow oftentimes a broken model. And it's never going to work. But if we can see ourselves as rescued from the brokenness, that brokenness doesn't have to define us, we can turn, in turn live in victory in the middle of a broken world. I want us to see today the consequences of blindness and deafness so that we'll also learn to say, I want to watch, I want to listen, I want to move deeper, I want to go beyond just surface relationships and know people and do life with them and live life with them. First, uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 16 to 18 says this, Therefore, do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we, watch this, fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. A blind person, first of all, sees from the outside in. A blind person sees from the outside in. They look at what's outside first and then move in from there. Verse verse 16 speaks to this. He says in verse 16, Therefore we do not lose heart, though outwardly we're wasting away, yet inwardly we're being renewed day by day. We have tinted windows on our car, probably many of you do as well, certainly in the back. But I got the front windows tinted before we went on vacation a couple of years ago. And I love tinted windows because, first of all, I'm fair-eyed, and so fair-eyed people tend to, squint a lot and tend to need sunglasses a lot. So uh, I like the fact that it shielded me from sun, but better than that is you could look at the person at the, at the stoplight next to you and they can't even see you looking at them. You know, you got to check them. And, and, and probably vice versa if their windows are tinted too. 
But the thing about tinted windows is, is what is more well lit that you, that you can see? If you're in the inside a car with tinted windows or a house, with tinted windows in the daytime and the sunlight's outside, you can't see inside. But you can see perfectly well outside through tinted glass because it's lighter on the outside. At night, if the light's on inside your house or inside your car and it's dark outside, you see inside the car, inside the house, more well, where it's more well lit than where it's dark. You see where the light shines more, more readily with tinted windows on, on, on the lighter side. It's kind of what he's talking about here to say, if we continue to look outwardly, the only what we can see on the outside, we'll, we'll never see that inside we can be and are being renewed day by day by day by day. Yet on the outside, it may look like the same old crusty, aging, old, decrepit pastor. Yet on the inside, he is being renewed day by day by day by day to say, you can do this. You can make this. You can... And so if we just see the outside and, and, and looking at even friends and family to say, well, you look, you look like you don't feel good. I feel fine, but you look like you don't feel good, but I feel fine. But you look like you don't feel good, but I feel fine. If we're just looking on the outside, that's all we're going to see is the outside. If we'll dig a little deeper and look a little deeper, we'll see a side of others and a side of the Lord that we wouldn't see otherwise. Uh, but just based on what we can see, uh, we're going to make some mistakes. Because the outside is, is, as we looked at last week, full of decay. It is it is. We're never more alive than we're born, and we start to die from that point. And so as, as we see the outside decaying and kind of wasting away, it's possible here, he says here in Second Corinthians 4, for the inside to be renewed day by day, in essence to grow and become more and more alive, even as our body is dying away. We're spiritually becoming more and more alive the further we go and the farther we walk with him, and the more we can see and understand that. We have to see inside to see that. It all depends on what we see when we look in the mirror. Now, the great philosopher Michael Jackson wrote a song years ago called Man in the Mirror. And some of, some of his lyrics are like this. I'm starting with a man in the mirror. I'm asking him to change his ways. No message could have been any clearer. If you want to make the world a better place, take a look at yourself and then make a change. What do you see when you look in the mirror? What do you see when you stand in front of the mirror in the morning? Do you see somebody that's just continually becoming an instead of... Is that what you see? you're going to be what you see. That's how you're going to live. If, that's, if, if what you see is depressing you every morning, you're going to have a depressed day. If what you see is renewing you in the morning, in other words, if you're looking on the inside of you instead of what's just the package, you'll see some different things as you look in the mirror. Um, Paul is saying here that life is more than packaging. It's more than just what's on the exterior surface, more than what you can see. Um, did anybody ever drive a Pinto? Anybody ever own a Pinto? Pintos, pinto owners. I'm about to drag. I'm, I'm about, about to trash the pinto, so don't be offended. So, so, so don't, don't be offended. Uh, throw up the picture of the pinto. There's, there's a 1972 Ford Pinto. Piece of crap. Now, I thought the outside when the pinto came out, the outside looked a little bit. It had a sleek back end. It looked like it was fast. From the, from seeing those things going down the road from the backside, it had kind of a wide stance and. Slick back that kind of came away from me. It looked like they were driving fast even when they were sitting still. On the outside, these were decent-looking little cars. Inside, piece of crap. Why? Because the, the Mustangs weren't selling. And so they were trying to come up with a more cost-effective way to, to get people to buy a sporty car besides the Mustang because the Mustang sales were tanking because they were built poorly. In fact, most cars built in the 70s were built pretty poorly, if you know the truth about it. But, and, and they were built to last a, you know, six months to a year. But but as 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 Mustang sales started to tank, 
pinto sales started to pick up until people f- figured out this is a piece of crap I'm driving around. I'm spending more time in, more, more time in the shop than I am on the road. Why? Because packaging looked fairly decent on the pinto, but the product on the inside just wasn't all there. That's what Paul's trying to say here to say. If you just look at what the, what's wrapped up on the outside, you're going to miss a lot. You're going to miss a lot in people. You're going to miss a lot in the Lord. You're going to miss a lot in yourself if you refuse to see what's on the inside. We've got to see beyond the facade. And when we can start to do that, here's, here's the beauty in that. When we can start to see others beyond the facade, beyond the surface, beyond the package, we'll start to see them the way God sees them. And that's exactly what he wants. It's what his desire is to say, I want you to see others the way I see them. I want you to see yourself the way I see you too. Instead of listening to what the enemy says to you, about you, and what the enemy says to you about them, I see them in a different light. I see you in a different light. I want, to see, I want you to see through, those, through that same lens. But a blind person sees only from the outside in. Secondly, a blind person has a distorted view. Look at verse 18. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen, since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. So we fix our eyes. Talking about focus. Uh, I had an eye exam uh, about three or four weeks ago. Any, any of you that have ever had an eye exam, you, you sit in the better or worse machine. Better, worse, better. The lenses start flopping down. Better, worse, better, worse. So you, you keep telling them better or worse until you finally arrive at what you can see from a distance, what you can see in mid-range, and what you can see close up. And if you're like me, you've got graduated lenses that help you see in from a distance, what you can see mid-range, what you can see close up, based on that whole better or worse deal. That you're sitting in the office, better or worse, better or worse. That all has to do with focus. Can you focus and see which, which, which direction the, e, the, 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 the tongues on the E are turning? Can you see which letters there are on the bottom line of the, if you can focus in on that, you can see more clearly at a distance, mid-range, and close up. It's all about focus, what we have our eyes fixed on, he says here. We fix our eyes not on what is seen, but what is unseen. Not what others are seeing, uh, and, and whether others are seeing life around us or seeing life in us and through us. So how can we learn to see the un- unseen things? Listen to how the, he- the Hebrew writer puts this in Hebrews 12, 1 and 2. Therefore, since we're sur- uh, surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses now, the cloud of witnesses is following Hebrews 11, which is the great roll call of faith chapter. By faith, Abraham. By faith, Noah. By faith, Moses. By faith, all these people accomplished all these things. So this is a great roll call of faith in, in Hebrews 12. And he follows it, or 11, but he follows up in 12 by saying, since we have all these people that have gone before us, this great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders us and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Watch this. Fixing our eyes on Jesus. And that's it. Focusing on him. Not just seeing him. Watching him, watching his ways, understanding his ways. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter, the beginner, the ender, the, 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 the author, the completer of our faith. So when we, when we look in the mirror, we can either see failures or we can see a person whose faith is growing. We can either see a reject or we can see someone who's been redeemed. That's a choice we make. It's a choice we make every morning when we get up and look in the mirror. What am I seeing? Am I seeing just the package? Or am I seeing beyond the package, beyond the surface? Into, into what is real and what is true about me. It's a matter of focus, and get this, focus is a matter of choice. You choose what you're going to focus on. You say, well, that's just what I see. Yeah, it's, but it's what you choose to see based on what's easy. It takes a little more effort to look deeper into people. It takes a little more effort to look deeper into the Lord, but it's worth it. It's worth seeing them and understanding them at a deeper level and seeing him and understanding him at a deeper level. It's far easier just to look at the package. And move from the package to package to package to package. I say, that's why you look like. That's my judgment of you. That's how you look like. That's my judgment of you. He's fat. She's skinny. He's good looking. She's... And if we just focus on the package, we'll miss who they really are. 
seeing them the way God sees us and each other. We should see each other in that same world, uh, in that same way. This, this, uh, this world will never make sense looking at it through a temporary, unfocused, distorted lens. It'll never look, never, never look like it should. However, when we can start to see it and them and us through the lens that God sees it and them and us, we'll start to see a more accurate view of what we need, what we were designed to be. A blind person can't get that. Now, whether the, now it's possible to be saved and blind. <laughs> Many are lost and blind, but it's possible to be saved and blind as well. So if we see ourselves and think, all I see around me is depression, all I see around me is, is, is frustration, all I see around me is failure, and I think that's how my life is defined, frustration, failure, depression. And that's not what, not what God's designed for us. We don't need to walk in the middle, as we looked at last week, of the brokenness. We, we move beyond the brokenness to walk out of the bro- broken world into a fixed, redeemed state. But we can't do that just looking at things in the surface and choosing to see only what we want to see, what we're willing to focus on. Now, that's the blind view. Let's look at the deaf view. Turn to Romans, if you will, chapter 5, or chapter 10, rather. Uh, Romans chapter 10. We're going to look at verses 17 to 24 together. Consequently, faith comes from hearing the message, and the message is heard through the word about Christ. But I ask, did they not hear? Of course they did. Their voice has gone out into all the earth, their words to the end of the world. And again, I ask, did Israel not understand? First, Moses says, I will make you envious by those who are not a nation. I will make you angry by a nation that has no understanding. And Isaiah boldly says, I was found by those who did not seek me. I revealed myself to those who did not ask for me. But concerning Israel, he says, all day long, I've held out my hands to a disobedient and obstinate people. A deaf person, first of all, is hearing, but not listening. Hearing what's going on around them, but not deeply listening to what's, what's being said. He says here, but I ask, did they not hear? Of course they did. He affirms, affirms his own writing and his own question. Of course they did. He says here uh, that they heard, but they didn't respond. Every parent that has ever parented knows what it's like for, to have selective hearing. Because your kids have selective hearing. If, you're, if you have one kid or 15 kids, they all have selective hearing. They that's why you find yourself telling them not one time, but six to get up, pick that up, put that up. And <laughs> well, I saw, we saw a thing on Jerry, uh, Jerry Seinfeld on, uh, on Fallon the other night, tonight show. And he said, you know, parents, parents are always going up, pick that up, shut up, get that, pick that, you know, stand up, stand up. And kids are always on the downside. Calm down, chill down, cool down, sit down. And, and, and we find ourselves that way as parents sometimes to say, come on, come on. Can you not hear what I'm saying to you? And, and the honest truth is that there's selective hearing there. They're zoned in on what they're zoned Husbands have selective hearing too from time to time. If you, you ladies probably witnessed this last Monday night. If, if you're, <laughs> ladies witnessed this last Sunday night. If you're, we just let some, some things aren't worth responding to. But if your husband was watching the national championship game last last Monday between Georgia and and and, uh, and Alabama, and you came across with, yeah, "I'm gonna be late for work," uh, you, you probably need to pick up little Johnny or little Susie or something tomorrow. What they heard was, "Sound like Charlie Brown's mom." Husbands have selective hearing; they, they, it, it's it's in the Bible. You can husbands can do that, but I don't know. It's probably in there somewhere. Uh, there, there, there are times when we hear, but we don't. We're listening, but we don't. And that's, that's this whole idea that he's trying to convey. He's talking about the nation of Israel, but it's true for America, and it's true for the church. 
we're listening or we're hearing, but we're not listening to the very things he's saying to us. We're saying, yeah, I get this whole package of wanting to walk with God and be like him and understand the nature of Jesus, but I don't get what it takes to get there. I don't know the pieces of the place. I, I see the end product in his life and her life, and, but I don't know the pieces to put together. And the pieces are in this book. The pieces are here led by this, his word and his spirit. Here, 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 though, he's talking about this, this idea of, of, of not listening generally, but listening specifically to what's being said here. He, and he, he reminds the nation of Israel about that. Notice what he says here is, is uh, in specific to about and to the word of God. He talks about that here in this passage. So if you, if you take away nothing else today, take, take this way. If you want to see the hand of God at work in you, and you want to see the, the ways of God at work around you, you're going to have to get have to get your nose in the Word of God. It's essential. If you want to see the hand of God at work in your life and around you, and you want to understand the ways of God, how he he uses circumstances, you're going to have to get your nose into the Word of God. It doesn't happen any other way. Now, I can get wise counsel from a Christian friend, a parent, someone who cares about me and loves me and helps me see see life through their lens. However, I'm going to get what God has for me, uniquely for me, when I have to understand that from Him. You know how He speaks to you? of the power of his word and the presence and truth and affirmation of his spirit over and over and over again. He uses those things, one to confirm the other. His spirit speaks to you, his word confirms it. His word speaks to you, his spirit confirms it. That's how he speaks to us, how he works. If I want to see the hand of God and understand the ways of God, I have to get my nose in the word of God. It's not just a source, but the source of truth. Not just a source, but the source of truth. So if we're going to navigate a, a broken world, as we looked at last week, with intentionality and with some, some sense of purpose and direction, we navigate that broken world through the Word of God. You may disagree or agree with President Trump and his ways and his mannerisms. A lot of things I disagree with, uh, he says, but as I'm looking at the same things he does, most, most of those things I, I find favorable, one of, one of which is this. A couple of weeks ago, there was a great uproar about his moving the U.S. Embassy from Tel Aviv, Israel, to Jerusalem. I don't, know that, I don't know that anybody sat down with President Trump and said, you know what, that's fulfilling prophecy, uh, prophecy in Zephaniah chapter 3. I don't know that anybody did that, but you know what happened? God used that to fulfill his word. Why? Because as we find ourselves in a place of understanding, the world around us starts to make sense, even from a person who makes no sense sometimes, <laughs> and a person who doesn't get it sometimes, finding themselves as a tool in the and, 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 and it, to be used by the hand of God to fulfill his very word. Well, how do I know that? I've got to get my nose in this book to understand that meant this. And that points to another piece in the puzzle of the end time of God, of Christ's return for us. That's, uh, that's one of the pieces that we're looking at in Zephaniah 3. So whether he, known, whether he was knowingly used by God or not, he was used by God, knowingly or not, to fulfill his word. Now, did, did, was that intentional? I don't know, but I know this. I know it was true by the word of God. I know, I know that happened because the word of God, the prophecy has to be fulfilled, whether it's through a jerk or whether somebody understands what they're doing. And so he will accomplish his purpose and his direction in you. Do, are we seeing it? Are we understanding it? Are we grasping it as it happens? We can't if we're just moving to the surface. We can't if we're just focused on the facade. We can't if we're just hearing but not listening. Secondly, a deaf, a deaf person is not only hearing but not listening. But a deaf person hears less and less over time. Look at verse 21. But concerning Israel, he says, All day long I have held out my hands to a disobedient and obstinate people. All day long. All day long. Paul's trying to get something across here to say, 
over and over and over and over again. Uh, I, I'm trying to reach you. I'm trying to get your attention. I'm trying to I'm trying to love on you. I'm trying to show you where you need to go, and you're not getting it. You're 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 you're, you're hearing me less and less and less as time goes along. I wonder if that's true about us. I wonder if if we took away the packaging of church, if we took away the technology of church, if we took away everything that would just except you and me and this book. I wonder if it, be, if it would be enough for you to show up. Not only show up, but take away something substantive. Not only take away something substantive, but it changed the way you live and look and see those around you. What, are, what, what am I asking? Is it enough that we walk with him and walk with his word and his spirit, or do we need the rest of the package for Christianity to make sense for us? Do we need all the packaging, or is it the end product that motivates us? Would it be enough? Would it do enough for us to, to, to experience just that? Um, God speaks to the churches in Revelation chapter 7, or Re- Revelation chapters 2 and 3, to the seven churches of Asia Minor. And he asks every, every church there in, in, in those two chapters a relevant question is this, or he closes his comments to say, whoever has ears to hear, let them hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Whoever has ears to hear, in essence, he said, if you're listening, I'm talking. If you're listening, when you're listening, I'm talking. When you're just hearing clutter, you'll never see me. You'll never hear me. If you seek me, Scripture says, with all your heart, you'll find me. In essence, if you're listening to me, you'll hear me talking. If you're listening for me, you'll hear me speaking. God speaks to these churches to say, listen, listen. Yeah, I know you have ears, but you're not hearing what I'm saying. I want you to get this. And he speaks unique things that are, that are unique to each, each one of those seven churches in Asia Minor. But he says, this is what I'm about. This is what I'm up to. Do you see me? Do you hear me? Do you understand me? Are you getting it? He's issuing that same challenge to us today and to every church in America today to say, are you seeing me? Are you hearing me? Are you getting it? Are you understanding me? What are you doing with it? What are you what How's it making a difference in how, in how you live? Because here's the thing. Here's the thing. That uh, that that getting it is fairly important. In fact, it's really important. Most of us sitting here today would say, you know, yeah, I've heard all that before. I've heard all that before. Here's my question to you: If you've heard it before, it made a difference at one point. What happened? The gospel had power with you at some point in your life. Maybe it was in your teens, in your twenties. There was a time in your life where Regardless of how long you've been a believer, there was a time in your life where the gospel made a difference. Just the truth of the fact that I'm, I'm, I'm for you, I'm in you, I've got something to show you, that made a difference. It made a difference for you to follow him. It made a difference for you to understand him. It made a difference for you to seek him. What happened? What happened is this incremental work of the enemy. We're going to look at our arch enemy next week as, as trying to understand all of this. But what happened is the enemy says, not today, not in this conversation. We'll get back to that. Trust me. Wait. wait. You don't know enough. You don't know enough scripture. don't know enough songs. You're getting it. You're close. And over time, we, we, and he never shows up and just knocks, us to, knocks our, our, our feet out from under us to say, you're never, you're, you're never going to be who you dreamed you'd be. He always does that incrementally. He always does that one step at a time, one no at a time, one, one, one disappointment at a time, one frustration at a time, one failure at a time. And we look up 20 years later and think, I was zealous for God back then. What happened? I was seeking him back then. What happened? And what happened is this incrementalism that he works over time causes us to go from the... And we didn't intend for that to happen. 
We didn't seek it out. We didn't say, boy, that's the guy I want to become, this, this guy. He, he works on us incrementally to say, just a little today, just a little tomorrow, and 30 years later, you're going to look like that. You're going to think like that. And you're going to be hearing, but not listening. You're going to be seeing, but not understanding, not getting it. And that's exactly how he works with us. And we, we don't see it happening, but we and consequently seldom plan for it to say, I'm going to spend my nose in this book today. I'm going to understand him today. I'm going to look more deeply in the mirror today to see the person behind the, the, the facade, the person behind the package, and I'm going to see and make sure they get it. Our enemy comes to steal. We'll, we'll look at this next week. Comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He comes in John 10, 10, that we might have life and have it to the full, have it in abundance. Two observations today, two takeaways, and we're done. If the world is making less sense to you, less and less sense over time, it could be that you've, you're incrementally blind and incrementally deaf. You didn't in, intend for it to happen. You didn't see it coming. But you sit here today in your 30s, and in your teens, you were, you were far more understanding. You sit here today in your 50s, and in your 20s, you were far more understanding. You sit here today in your 70s and 80s, in your 30s, you were far more. What happened? Well, deafness and blindness crept in. Crept in a bite at a time, piece at a time. And we find ourselves more, more conditioned, more calloused, more, more jaded than we, than we intended to be. We didn't intend to get there, but we find ourselves there, and here we are, blind or deaf or both. How do we, get, how do we reverse the trend? Well, I would start today by saying, today, in this room, in this place, you've been given an eye exam. You've been given a hearing test. What are you seeing? What are you hearing? What are you understanding? What do you know to be true? What are you hearing but not listening? What are you seeing but not getting it, not understanding? So I can either choose to live in denial or I can choose to live in truth. You ever played hide-and-seek with a two-year-old? They hide like this, thinking if they can't see you, you can't see them. You know what? Many of us live our Christian faith like that. The world can't see me if I can't see them. You know what? They can, and they do. So I can either choose to live in denial about this being true in me and in those around me, or I can, I can change something today. I can say, I'm not going to walk in blindness. I'm going to look a little deeper into people. I'm going to look a little, a little deeper into the Lord. I'm not going to walk in deafness. I'm going to listen a little more. I'm going to ask more questions. I'm going I'm to pursue a little more than I've been doing. I'm going to pursue him. I'm going to pursue others around me. I can make a change today. As, as Michael Jackson says, I can look into the mirror and I can either stay the same or I can make a change. So it's in, it's in your court today to say, I'm choosing to, to stay in blindness and deafness or that's not who I want to be. It's not who I used to be and not who I want to be today. I've got to change. I've got to make something different.